What's up, heifers? This is episode 60 of the Cool Down Time podcast. I'm your graphically impressive host of the show, Marco. Joining me, as always, is my co-op co-host, my confidant, the man that I confide in with all my, my, my single father dating woes. I got Pablo <laughs> in the house to help me uh, get through life and talk about gaming's best and bootiest. Uh, what's going on, my boy? Uh, we're, you know, everything is going well. This is definitely not deja vu, nor did we mm-hmm. have any kind of technical difficulties in which now we're recording this episode once again. Not sure what you're talking about. The storm definitely didn't knock out your power and, and fry your computer. That didn't happen either. Just all. That did not happen. It's all nope. a dream. It was all a dream. Computer. I used to, you know, yeah. read up uh, Word Up magazine. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's let's right. keep going before we get we get lost in this thread and we go down this dark, dark fucking path of nothingness yeah yeah i mean I, we were just talking about my dating life before we hit record and i told the man i was yeah. out here on these dating apps trying to find a thought and i ended up with someone who was built like a bag of tater tots instead you know it's just been <laughs> a tough time for me uh this week it has and uh and then we lost the episode yeah. that we recorded but we're gonna make up for it we got some we actually have some like semi new stuff to talk about so we'll we'll, we'll make we it do, we do make it fresh uh, but we will be covering in this episode uh, Final Fantasy 16's team saying no to open worlds, um, the Callisto Protocols team saying no to chatty protagonists, and a whole lot more. So if you're a new or returning listener, uh, shouts out to you for checking out this week's show. Appreciate you very much. If you like us, give our podcast a sub. We drop two episodes a week now. We just started doing that recently. And we're doing it where you need us, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other popular streaming apps. So there's no excuse, people. You need to follow us or we'll fight you and find your families. Um, Fight them, fist fight them, punch them in the ankle. Your greasy grandma, too. All of them can get this this work. She can get punched in the left elbow. (laughs) I'll punch her straight in the left elbow. Right in the gout. You understand me? Yep, right in the gout. Yeah. Uh, And you can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast or Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod to stay connected with us in between episodes. Uh, Pablo, with that being said, let's jump right into the first segment of the show, and that is loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, ladies and gentlemen, grandma, uh, we're here. <laughs> we're here with the, uh, the loadouts, and Pablo, we actually have quite a strange little arrangement of, of, of games to talk about here. We have one in common, so we'll start there. And uh, this one's kind of a... Kind of a surprise uh, for a lot of people this year. Uh, we are talking about a game by the name of Neon White. Um, mm-hmm. Pablo, this is a hard one to pin down. I, I still don't fully have my <laughs> my mind wrapped around this game yet because yeah. it's so interesting and, and off the wall. Um, what would you say is the best way to describe this game to somebody who's not heard of this game before? Okay, I, I think it, we have to be... Um up front and saying that even though I'm going to give a kind of my uh, description of what the, sh- what the game is, it's still not quite going to uh, hit you until you actually play it for yourself. But really what it is, it's an amalgamation of a visual novel 
with a shooter platformer time trial kind of um gameplay loop um i i now that since you've played it I kind of got like this feeling when I played a little bit of jumping flash just because of the geometrical shapes and the jumping and the shooting. It's not like that at all, but I just kind of get that aesthetic really quick. I, I would, I would be shocked if the developer of the, of this game never played jumping flash. Cause there's just something to it. that just seems a little bit kind of like, you know, it could have probably been slightly inspired by this. A little it's bit. possible. There's a, there's a fair amount of that, like first person platforming kind of feel to it. And then when you factor in that um, there's no, uh, it's a shooter slash like melee thing, but there's no visible right. weapons on screen. So it kind of looks like what a light gun shooter would look like minus the gun. Right. But for whatever reason, it it works surprisingly well. And I was really doubting oh that I'd gosh. like that. But I, I do think it does have some of that old school jumping flash DNA. Uh, as you described, mm-hmm. because of the fact that you are trying to land pretty precise, um, you know, platforming. Uh, there's a lot of stuff tucked away, like secret items and things like that. So there's yep. a lot of that going on uh, as well. But um, it, it does have a, a quite a bit of that. Um, yeah. I think where I want to start is um, actually with the overall aesthetic of the game. Um, this is one of the most stylish games I've played this side of Persona. Um, I think in a lot of ways, it actually reminds me like a split of persona, like a Suda 51 game and the world ends with you that, that old square game from back in the day. Well, I think they actually uh, brought it back for a sequel or whatever that nobody bought, but, um, it has like that kind of weird amalgamation to it stylistically. Um, and I really, really like it. The music is kind of off the wall and very abstract. The the style and the, the character designs are a little bit on the anime end of the spectrum, but just for enough sure. weird, you know, little quirks in there to not make it too predictable. Um, but I really thought that first and foremost, and, and everything like the presentation, the menus, everything just seems to have this really, really distinct style that I I go crazy for that kind of thing. So um, yeah. that's been a big plus for me. Is do you feel the same way about that? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. Like he re- definitely the person. I think it's one person team, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it's a it's a small team. I don't remember. Regardless, it's an indie game, but they really knew what they were going for here because they had to because this is a. a Honestly, it's kind of a hard sell because of, of, of just so many things that you have to kind of explain as to what this is. Yeah. The card mechanic, which is not really deck building, a lot of stuff. So, th- the fact that he, the art the art of it is 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 such that it could bring people in in just by be looking the way it looks. That's very important to the game yeah. because yeah. the gameplay loop could be whatever, and it could be amazing and have all these weird things that really work for it. But if it doesn't bring you in, if there's not that as, uh, that aesthetic or, or that kind of uh, storytelling with, with with the whole kind of Japanese-inspired mag, uh, anime-style stuff, that it'll be a hard, even harder sell. So right. the fact that they were able to kind of nail the, the, the art down and, 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 and really have a vision for it uh, is super freaking great. I... I I love the way this game looks. Yeah. I like the characters. I like the explanation as to why some characters are the way they are. I love every, I, I love how corny it is, how over the top it is. It, everything, none of it is it. They're never trying to be more than what they're trying to be. Right. They're, they're not trying to, 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 to make you cry. <laughs> it's not yeah. like one of those stories. They're just trying to tell you a story in the way that they want to tell you a story. I, I love this. Event. Yeah. I, I just love games that are unapologetically. Fed. I was just going to say, yeah, it's, it's, it's not trying to be like anything. It's trying to be its own brand of something. And it's, it's such a cool premise. Uh, you're basically a, a part of this group of people who uh, were going to go to hell, but 
uh, stop short of that because of some competition uh, to sort of get back in God's good graces by um, kind of being God's hitman and putting people in the ground yeah. for the Lord. <laughs> like, yeah. So um, it, it's the, Lord. It, the yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a really cool premise. Uh, the gameplay now look. I think part of what kept me off of wanting it was it was on a direct, I believe, a recent one, and I, it, in trailer form, it doesn't come off right. It it just at all. I looked at it, and I'm like, there is there is zero percent chance I will ever have this game. Same. It looks like a bad mobile, weird looking mobile game that you can use your touch controls to do. It looks really bad, dude. Let <clears throat> it, it, let me let me interject one second. I showed a friend of mine who actually listens to the show, Jan. Uh, I showed him a clip. Because he asked me about the game. He saw me playing it, I think. And he goes, what do you think about this game? I'm like, it's hard for me to explain. Here's a clip of kind of like the gameplay. And he goes, it looks super cool, but it also looks like a mobile game. Yeah. Where's the exact word? <laughs> and it does. If you're not controlling the game itself, the just the way visually. It, it comes yeah, off so bad. Definitely. Um, yeah. But overall, dude, I think this this game, you had texted me last night what I thought about it. And I had passed out before I could answer you, I think. Um this game is blowing me out of the water, uh, and and it's it's this kind of game that makes me get on other indie games so much for being so yeah. boilerplate. The silly ones, the ones that are all attempting to be like Celeste but fall grossly short. The untitled grossly. goose game, like those ga- like the two D pixel art games that just do the same exact thing. Well, we're gonna do a roguelike. Oh, shocker! You know, like those games. Shocker are why I roast indie games so much because when games like this come along, it's like, guys, that's what I mean. This is the game I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. This is what you should be striving for. Like, break some conventions. If you're an indie game and you have a budget, blah, 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 I get that. But you can still be creative within your, your means. And this is the pristine example of that. Like, this game is... Yeah. This game is killing it right now with me. Like, I'm like... And there's... This is, this is like a surprise, true surprise hit for this year for me. Yeah. And there's so many levels to the game as well because literally full disclosure, I got super, super petty and I went to the first level because I figured you at least played the first mission and I saw all your times and I went and in there I was and I beat you? all yeah. and I yeah, and I saw I you beat me just about every time, so I went in there and I I went through that whole mission again just to beat your time. I'm going That's back. What I did. We're not getting past the tutorial. Yeah, I know, I know <laughs> I know you're going back. I know you're going back. I but you see, it's that kind of stuff where it's like, oh, that there's a leaderboard. Yeah. Oh, let me see what Marco did because I know he's playing it. And it's like that first mission. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go through all these motherfuckers and try to beat his ass. <laughs> and I did. Uh, but uh, yeah, but that's, that's the that's that's that new layer, the additional layer, other than just the gameplay and the story that's telling you. They have that that leaderboard shit, and it's. I mean, look, I. I'm kind of glad that whatever happened to that first episode happened because like, I had more time to with this game, and you know I I was glow I had I was glowing about the game to begin with, but now I'm like okay now I I think I said in the in the in the first recording that I don't quite understand people talking about game of the year about this game, but no I I do mm-hmm. I do understand the com- at least the game being in the conversation as one of the best games of the year uh, because it is so different it is so new and that's kind of what you strive for when when, when you're playing games you, as, as as people who play games a lot of games and, and people who listen to the show you guys might be in the same boat it is refreshing as hell when somebody can come out with a game and kind of exceed expectations yeah. and be like and you can really be like i've never played a game like this before that's when those games you know that are, are super special because we you know we've played we've played all kinds of games and and we start to kind of see patterns and things in games where it's like ugh. 
yeah, yeah another open world, right, which we'll, right. we'll talk about a little later. But when this game hits and it hits the way it hits, and you're like, man, I can't think of one single game that is like this. Sure, there are examples of maybe how it got inspirations for other games, but to bring that all together exactly. and, and, and deliver this game, it's fantastic. Exactly. It's 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 absolutely incredible. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and we haven't even talked about like the the social hub where you're like talking to other people and, and kind oh, of roaming yeah. around. Like, it's not like freely roaming. It's like little dots on a menu hub you can go to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is not like fully like open world. Sorry, guys. Um, but you know, it, oh. it has a lot of like really interesting dynamics with that, like giving gifts to your like your 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 peers and developing relationships with people. Like, it's got a lot of meat on the bone that I I didn't think it had. So. All the, the way in on this and one. And the card mechanic and the card mechanic stuff is really ingenious yeah. because it's not really card mechanics, yeah. not deck building. They're just basically items, but they have two forms of you know uh, of functions. You have the the, the regular function that has like a, uh, like a mm-hmm. special function, and that you can use to traverse or, or right. kill large uh, some uh, uh, squads of enemies. It's it's really ingenious the way they've done it and the way they set it up. Like they set every level up for success you just kind of get used to the to the pattern once you understand the level the pattern memorize certain aspects of it it's it's smooth it's so good man it's it's so good it is it is genuinely one of those games where i'm like oh we're gonna be talking about this by the end of the year we're gonna be talking about this absolutely no doubt about Um, it in quite a few categories potentially um Mm -hmm. but uh yeah neon white it's uh on switch if you are a console player uh it's 24.99 right now uh i believe it is worth your time if you are into something very different and against the grain and you are like me and you're kind of tired of the same indie crap and you want something that's actually like worth your time that is really unique this has got you covered in spades, uh, and uh, I would I would also throw a little nod to Card Shark too in that same vein. I know it wasn't my thing, yeah, but I know yeah. for you it kind of met those I same yeah. unconventional, but in a good way, kind of uh, of, of and, standards, you know. And for fans of touch of touchscreen, uh, Card Shark just an aside, completely touch. It's you can play it on uh, touchscreen, mm-hmm. and it works amazing. There's not a lot of games that actually matter of fact, there's no games that work with touchscreen well and this works great. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good, man. All right. So we got a few more games we'll talk about really quickly here. I'll just throw mine out real fast. Um, I got back into a Stardew Valley kick. Uh, I I play this game a couple times a, a year, every year. It never fails. It is my comfort food game. Um, when, I just want to grow some crops and turn my brain off and and talk to people in a town. Um, it's my version of Animal Crossing. It's 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 the perfect yeah. mix of what that game do, what that series does, and also like what Harvest Moon used to do. Um, and it just keeps delivering all these years later. I have it on Switch. I play it, it really on Switch. I, yeah, yeah I, this is to me genuinely one of, I think the best games ever made. Um, it's not going to be a popular opinion, but it's one of those games people forget just how great it is and how well that game has been supported since it came out. And uh, the the future work of, of this, uh, I think it's a one-man team, if I'm not mistaken, unless he's uh, gotten is, some more yeah. people. But uh, the future uh, of this studio is bright uh, with the projects they're working on, uh, Witchbrook and I think one other game about chocolate, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like a Willy Wonka kind of simulator, if that's them. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, yeah. But hey, Great game. I love coming back to it. It's been a nice little unwind routine for me uh, after busy days because I've had a pretty hellacious week. And uh, Stardew always comes through. So uh, that's what I got going on with mine. Uh, what is the other game that's on your hit, po- uh, hit points? Not my bad. Uh, loadouts. Yeah, I'm playing uh, AI, the Somnium Files. Um mm. 
you know, the sequel came out this this uh, past week, yep. and it's a game I, I it looks interesting enough. Marco had told me about it, and so I, I finally jumped in. It's on Game Pass. The first one is on Game Pass, and dude, you know, I, if you guys have l- heard the podcast before, I love crime nor detective ass narratives, and this is right up my alley. I've been trying to tell you, know, you man, it, I've been trying yeah. to tell you. Yeah, it's a visual novel, but kind of like Neon White has some super cool, like artistic and an art style and, and some flair to it. It's really cool, you know. I, 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 visual novels are hard to pull off in a way that it's that like maintains like straight up visual novels. Like you know, there's some games that do a little bit of both. This one's like a little Neon point White, and click, but, like, but yeah, yeah. I mean, at yeah, the end of the day, this yeah. is a point and click. Yeah, point and click, a uh, visual novel, and honestly, not a fan of visual novels. This and now, now this and and um and Ace Attorney are the only ones that really like kind of grab me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I love this game, man. It, I'm I'm playing it. I'm playing touch screen on uh on Game Pass Cloud. Uh, it works beautifully on touch because of of you know the limited stuff you have to do within the game, but. It's super cool. I love the vibe. I love how like funny it is. Yep. It's like actually really funny. It's like a mature um, kind of funny too. They're not like it's not like who anime like so there's some anime stuff in there, but it's also kind yeah, of like yeah, a yeah. little bit on the risque side too. Yeah, for sure. But I love like like the very first thing you can ask the one guy his name like five times and he gets like really mad at you. <laughs> it's like what's the point of that? But it's just because it's funny. Yeah. You know, it's 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 hilarious. I I love the mechanic when you go inside somebody's mind to to kind of explore and extrapolate information that they're not willing to give you. All that stuff is 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 amazing, and I I love that stuff. I, you know, past year having kind of like. With, with backbone being okay and then the chinese detective agency game not really being good at Ooh. all at least for, in my opinion I, I'm, I was kind of sorely missing that that crime noir detective shit and i found it in this game and, I, and i'm really looking forward to, to finishing this as soon as i possibly can because i want to jump into that sequel uh because this is like I, I i've never even heard of this game if it wasn't for marco i would have never even heard of this game nobody talked this the sequel came out only know because of marco I, nobody's talking about this game I, I don't understand why nobody's talking about this game it's yeah it's so dope this one is a really cool one man the style is great i know we keep referencing persona but there's a lot of that same uh flair yeah, yeah. in I mean, here it's too. one of the greatest games I've ever made so yeah it's good to be inspired by absolutely it. yeah this one's awesome uh, it's on game pass um it was on sale really cheap on other platforms as well uh, for, for the first game uh so if you see it don't pass up on it i know it's got a weird name it's a little strange looking when you look at screenshots and stuff but it's actually a really really cool uh, point-and-click detective story that has uh, a really good story pace and a lot of good characters and a lot of good intrigue, too, um, that you know, yeah. I think Pablo will enjoy the further he kind of unravels the, the story. And uh, it, all, it sounds like the second game is even better from what I've heard. So yeah, that's, that's everything I've seen yeah. in terms of reviews. Um, the kind of uh, the point they're making is like, is improved upon everything that the first game yep. has done and that's super exciting because this game is really good so having a sequel that's even better that's kind of it's wild to me yeah yes sir all right man well i think that's going to wrap up loadouts for uh this episode of the show uh so let's go ahead and segue into the news segment of the show which is called hit points for breaking news rumors and booty juice it's time for hit points all right homie so it was obviously a crazy week with all the presentations and stuff going up. C- crazy couple of weeks, really. Uh, so this one was more of a traditional week of, of uh, regular news items, but a couple of interesting ones that I think warrant some some additional extended conversations. We'll get into those uh, starting with this first news item. So uh, the producer of Final Fantasy 16, Naoki Yoshida, 
has divulged some additional details about the latest mainline entry in the Final Fantasy series. According to Yoshida, Final Fantasy 16 will feature fully AI-controlled party members that will rotate in and out as the story progresses. But additionally, and most importantly to this topic we're at hand today, uh, Yoshida has also confirmed that the game will not, not be an open-world experience like Final Fantasy 15 was, which has garnered some mixed reactions from the community. So Pablo... Looking at this from both angles, from a standpoint of Final Fantasy, and, and we'll get into kind of the bigger picture about open world games and just this de facto feeling like open world games are the best. Um, right. How do you feel about this story in, in both of those contexts? The floor is yours. Yeah, honestly relieved. Um, I, I really, I'm glad that they saw the faults of 15 and realized that that story didn't need to be open world and that they're not going to force that into this game. I'm it, it for me it just shows that they're story first, gameplay first rather than checking off a box because the industry set the industry is saying if you're making a triple A game it has to be open world. And and, and I, I love that. You know, the, I, I was already excited for Final Fantasy 15, uh, 16 to begin with uh, and this is just kind of taking it to that next level where I understand Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out next year but I mean, this is running. It's it's giving it a run for its money in terms of like most anticipated game because of the fact that I, the newness of it and and how much they, how much care they're go they're putting into this game to make it work. You know, um, when you look at Final Fantasy fifteen, basically is a glorified hub. You know, you go from point this point to that point just to start the mission. Some of the best parts of that game were in the smaller areas. You know, except chapter thirteen, which is absolutely horrendous. But <laughs> other than that, uh, you know. All that stuff that you play is just really, really good. The last, the latter half of fifteen, which was not open world, was absolutely incredible. Like an amazing, some of the best Final Fantasy fifteen stuff. Your uh, Final Fantasy stuff you've seen was in fifteen towards the end. So I'm glad that they're really focusing up on this, and they're you know bringing everything else up to the forefront, and uh, that's super encouraging. So I'm excited. How about you? Yeah, I'm kind of with you, man. Um, thinking back on 15, I know that a lot of people liked the transition into an open world, and uh, for its time, it wasn't the worst. It was an okay open world. There was nothing remarkable about it, per se, but it was a nice change for the series, and I, I don't mind the fact that they did it, but... Uh, I, I think a lot of that game was predominantly a bunch of downtime and, and, and dead air of just driving around from point A to B to C to D and whatever. And after a while, it, the, the, the concept of being an open world just sort of lost its luster to me after a while in that game. And it became more of a chore than a, a charm, I guess. Yeah. So I, I, you know, when I think about this news, I was immediately happy. I was, I was actually ecstatic about this because... This this is what I mean about open world games and the fact that um, do them when it's justified. Don't do them yep. for the sake, like you said, of just doing them because that's what the industry wants. That's what the community and gamers want. Like, forget all that. Like, make the game that yep. you need to make that is best served for your your idea and your vision. And it sounds like what they're going to do is have more like semi-open, but like, you know, sort of... I guess like semi-large areas, but like four or five of them, but not like a, a, a completely seamless open world. And I'm totally fine it's with perfect. that. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, as long as it's not like a like a corridor kind of game, like 13 was, I'm good. I'm I'm totally fine on that. Yeah. 
like I said, whatever's best for the vision is is best for me as long as they execute it properly. Um, and I think that this really kind of exposes some of the community too, um, the, the Final Fantasy community and just kind of the 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 through traffic on Twitter and social media, people pretending that yeah. they care enough about Final Fantasy to uh, to have an opinion like this when they really don't, and they're just there to fan the flames of console warring with, like, Starfield's going to be open world, and your Final Fantasy on PlayStation can't even be open world. So those dumb comparisons are already starting to happen, which is obviously obnoxious and, and completely unwarranted. But it just goes to show that... Um, the open world versus linear thing is still kind of, I think, out of whack uh, conversationally. Yeah, and sure. I think people have really started in, in, in the community and, and really in general in the community, gaming community, of kind of looking at linear games as less than when, when I think that there's actually a great space for those games to still exist. Uh, I don't think that linear games should be phased out. I don't think they will be phased out. We might see less of them as the years go by, but um, I think it's perfectly okay if a big-name franchise like Final Fantasy says, eh, you know what, we're kind of cool on that this time around. It's, they, they never said we're never going to be open world again. So people, you know, it, right. it, it's not a death sentence on that. It's just this is what's best for this particular game, and I think that's cool. Yeah, and and I'm just and I'm glad, again, uh, that Square Enix is had, I guess, I, I'm not going to say the balls, but... It, they were at, they were at least going to respect the vision and then just say because you know there's there's I, I don't know of any series that goes open world and then takes it back you know uh and and that's what they did because they understood that that didn't work for uh this game and you know i i've also heard people say that 15 was open because it had to be because of the fact that you were hanging with your bros <laughs> cruising around and I, you know, I get it i get it that that's fair that's fair i just don't think square enix makes good open world games to begin with so if that was the intent i see it i just don't think they did a good job yeah, uh, yeah. and i think that hurt the game more than it served uh served the game so ultimately um if they saw that and they thought, okay, we're not going to force that into this. That we're, you know, retreading old ground. This, this works, and this, and this, I'm super excited. Like, and, and I cannot wait for this game. And uh, I hope that uh, I, I, I do, I do hope that those open areas aren't too large. You mm -hmm. know, like kind of like uh, taking it back a little. It's like it's not open world because it's not interconnected, but it's you know, I, I hope that's not that, but. I'm confident that this, they're doing the doing right by Final Fantasy with this game. Exactly. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, my thing is there's a lot of people right now that are just judging books by covers at this point. So yeah. when you hear things like this, you see the headline, you jump to the worst case scenario. This is like the most linear game of all time. I think we have to wait and see, you guys. And I think at the end of the day, uh, this is coming from someone who revived uh, a. Uh, a online MMO Final Fantasy that was in absolute peril, uh, and now he is yeah. like held high as like one of the most important people in Square Enix. Period, and he's in charge of this Yoshi game. P. I think he's got it under control, y'all. I think we're okay. Um, no cause for way, concern. And the way they're talking about the game, they're super fucking confident. I, yeah, like, exactly. They're not, they're not hiding what the game is. They're showing the battles and the and 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 the, the fights in the game where. A lot of times they hold that stuff back because they don't want to have to explain to you, hey, this isn't uh, turn-based or anything. But they're super confident. So whenever they're ready to talk about that, they've already showed it. So I, I like the way they're talking about it. Yeah. Like they're just they're like, hey, this is the game and you're going to like it. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in other words, 
guys, linear does not equal bad. Sorry. Um, no, let's move on to the news item number two in hit points. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get this guy's name right. Steve Papoutis. Papoutis. Paprika. Papau. The chief development officer for the Callisto Protocol has confirmed that the main protagonist will not have a very prominent speaking role in the game. He stated, quote, you don't want a chatty protagonist. You don't want a wisecracking, tongue-in-cheek character. I always hope, with the games that I get to be a part of, that the main character channels the thoughts of the player in a way. End quote. So, Pablo, this was actually a pretty interesting um, quote that uh, circled the community for a little while and, and got some people talking not only about the Callisto Protocol and the relation to Dead Space, but also uh, video game protagonists in general. So much like we just did with the Final Fantasy topic, let's kind of attack this in, in, in a two-pronged approach here, starting with how we think this um, you know changes our perspective, if at all, or, or what our general thoughts are in relation to the Callisto Protocol. But then also, let's open it up a little bit more and talk about whether uh, Homeboy makes yep. a point about chatty patty protagonists. So, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I have two minds of this. I think that you know he was definitely throwing shade at, at all those uh, games that are pretty much every protagonist now has like some kind of like is 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 a version of. Uh, of um, Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake. Yep. Yeah, it's a version of that. But I, I thought I, I I thought it was a weird thing to say anyway, since you know nobody ever thought that uh Callisto Protocol was gonna have the Nathan Drake of of of, of horror games on there. <laughs> uh this kind of just screams like Metal Gear Solid 5, Key for Sutherland vibes where they couldn't afford since Josh Dumel is the main character, they really couldn't afford much lines. So they're kind of covering their ass both ways, you know, in, in that way. But I, I think that whether or not he's protecting his game and the lack of the lack of of, of uh, the protagonist talking at all. Uh, I think he makes a, a, a salient point in that a lot of times when you play any kind of narrative-based games, they don't have to be role-playing games or RPGs, but you kind of want to sit with the story yourself and developers don't let you do that because they are expositioning the hell out of every moment <laughs> by having that come out of the, the, the protagonist's mouth, right? So whatever you're thinking about a story point that might just happen or a discovery you might have made that might have some kind of uh, some kind of consequences of the story itself, you don't have that moment to think of it yourself because it's right there ready to, 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 to be told to you in a snarky kind of way that at times works. I think Nathan Drake is an iconic character because of his sass, you know, but I like that. But not every game has to be that. And honestly, sometimes Nathan Drake's kind of shtick kind of just feels a little bit, it goes on a little too much. But regardless of that, I, I, I agree, man. A lot like open world games where the industry says it has to be open world game and he has to be the fucking chatty Kathy. You know, he has to just always be saying something always uh having exposition always informing the player i i i hate that uh in a lot of times because a lot of times it just feels so forced and so obvious uh one of the examples uh that you brought up uh, that we talked about is is um aloy which you know great game uh previous game is pretty good game but Man, won't shut the hell up. Man. You know, she's just always having something to say about this and that. And it's just, it's just so much. There's never a moment for you to just to kind of breathe it in. Uh, otherwise, you're just hearing her breathy, breathy ass voice telling you, ah, I better uh, go over here or something. I don't know. But. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. 
Pablo wanting to silence women, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> hey! <laughs> no, no. Um, Just Aloy, man. Aloy, it, that specific example is, it was, and I really didn't notice it when I was playing the game, and it didn't bother me too much, but in retrospect, I was like, yeah, I guess she did, like, constantly tell me what I could do to kind of pass a certain area before I could even stop and think about it myself. I bet you I can climb that. I should, I should, I should use my, my thing caster on this wall that crumbles. (laughs) Like, it's like, dude, I, I can do it. I can do it. I promise I can. So like stuff like that is one thing, but getting into the chatty Patty, I, okay, first of all, it's not Kathy, it's Patty Pablo. So let's, let's make sure we're getting the right person. Okay. Patty doesn't like when you, you just take away her clout and her credit. I, um, is it really Patty? I always thought it was Kathy. Nah, leave Kathy out of this. Kathy's cool. <laughs> Kathy's, a, Kathy's, a, Kathy's a down. She's, she's all right. Patty's terrible. She's a horrible person. Um, she won't shut up. Dated a few of those. Uh, <laughs> it makes it sound like she was like 70 <laughs> years old and I just like grandmas or something. Uh, yeah, no one names their kids Patty. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a terrible name for a kid. And that's what I wanted to talk about in this segment. I wanted to talk about bad names uh, for babies. Um, all right, so here's the thing. I um, I think that there's a little bit of shade being thrown directly at Dead Space um, because the lead left the project for Dead Space 2 back in the day while it was like in the middle of development. And I think part of uh, why he wanted out was because they wanted Isaac to be more of a vocal protagonist as, a, as a, opposed to the first game where he was pretty much a Gordon Freeman type. Um. And I think that there's a bit of a chip on their shoulder to say, yo, we thought that was part of the reason why Dead Space kind of eventually sort of fizzled out, um, or at least part of why, you know what I mean? So I think part of this is is to kind of take a jab there, which I think they've been you know, subliminally kind of wanting the smoke with this little Dead Space remake versus Callisto Protocol competition. I think they kind of want this. Um, yeah. But I also think that what his quote talked about with, you know, the, the, the chatty patties, it is true. I do. And I didn't, at first I didn't want to agree with him. I, something about me was like, well, I'd rather them be speaking than be a silent protagonist. But then I'm like, actually, you know what? There's been a lot of really, really good examples of great silent protagonists lately. And a lot of really, really bad examples of vocal protagonists that just don't shut the hell up. You think about games like Forspoken that's coming out soon, which is, the cringiest thing, uh, just just the cringiest little thing, and it is because that this it's this Nathan Drake meets MCU quippy McQuips dialogue, and everybody's got something smart and snarky and sassy and punchy to say, and it's like, man, this is so unnatural, and um, and I I do think that he makes a great point about that, and so I wish that that developers would be more willing to not uh, default to having the Troy Baker voiced or Nolan North North, uh, voiced protagonist that just babbles and babbles all, all game long. Um, Because I think it, you know, to look at Naughty Dog as an example, I think they are in a way the best and worst examples of how to do this. Because on one hand you have Nathan Drake, which I think was too big of a personality that just, swallowed the rest of the story up and all the other uncharted he was in um he was just it, it was too much of him and not enough 
everything else. And it just made the game's story very imbalanced and weird because he's the lovable, quippy guy, but he's also slaughtering thousands of, of people on a routine basis and cracking jokes about it in between. And, you know, whoa, 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 every time he butt skids down a slope. And then you have The Last of Us, which relies, it does have its, its, its good amount of voice acting, but they also know how to use other things to tell the story that words can't like facial expressions and uh, dramatic pauses and, and silence and these moments of like, man, that really feels like a real person that is feeling something in that moment, whereas it's cranked up to 11 and everything else. So I really hope that um, overall gaming stops kind of defaulting to the nonstop chatty patty protagonist in the future. I do think it is yeah. annoying. I do think it's worn out. It's welcome, especially in AAA games. And um, I wish that more studios would be more willing to tell a story in a different way and trust other aspects of their storytelling to do the job instead of putting it all on a loud mouth and nonstop talking protagonist. So now I, I will say with all that aside, I think the comments ultimately are a little hypocritical because he got a Hollywood a uh, like B-lister <laughs> to be the main protagonist, like a a recognizable actor to be its main character. It's like, okay, why? <laughs> if he's not yeah. like, what what, what was it? So I just, you're right. At that point, it just feels a little more petty than what it is in terms of like what he's saying about the game. But regardless, he he hit on the point. Uh, but. It's a tad hypocritical. A it's like, yeah, we hate when uh, <laughs> when a main protagonist takes over. Anyway, Jim Carrey is going to be the star. Of it. It's like, wait, what the fuck? Yo, Jim Carrey yeah. in in like a dead space would have been wild, bro. Um, it would have been it would have been pretty it would have been pretty fire. Yeah. Okay, let's get to news item number three. Hold on, I got to pee. Bro, get a bedpan. <laughs> All right. All right, man. So let's go ahead and move on to news item number three. In an interview with Japanese publication 4Gamer, from Software's president and legendary game director, Hidetaka Miyazaki revealed that From Software's next game is already in the final stages of development. While no details were given as to when we would see the game or what the game even is, leaks suggest that it might actually be a new Armored Core game. While From Software is more known for their Souls games, which spawned a whole new genre, Armored Core was once a flagship franchise in its own right for the developer, with many sequels developed primarily for the PlayStation platform. So, Pablo, the question is, are we excited for the potential of another Armored Core game if the rumors are true, or would we be disappointed if that's the direction they take for their next game? Uh, I don't give a flying fuck about no Armored Core game. Uh, but I, I understand it's part of their legacy. And from everything that I've read, Miyazaki is not the director of the game. Uh, he's, you know, while, he, while they were making Elden Ring, they were also making this game uh, in parallel to that. So I don't even know if it's like going to be, if it's going to be like huge in terms of like budget or if it's kind of an aside. I know a lot of people who are Armored Core fans have been clamoring for another uh, one of these games. Those people are losers. Uh, no, no, honestly, I, no, no, honestly, I just, <laughs> I've never really been a fan of Armored Core. Um, mostly because of uh, 
I guess circumstance because of circumstances. I, I I wasn't really a big PlayStation uh, at the beginning of PlayStation One or Two. I, I got into it late, uh, and I, I guess the best of those the best games were like on PlayStation One and and early PlayStation Two days. So, um, I I guess I wouldn't be disappointed because I'm not one of those people that think, oh, instead of this, they should ha- have doled out resources for Elden Ring 2 or something of that sort. This is a game they wanted to make, and they were always going to make it, and it doesn't come in sacrifice of anything. He also said that they're working, that Miyazaki's already at work at his next game, and that there's going to be DLC for Elden Ring. So I- I'm happy for the Armored Core, fan, Armored Core fans. I-, I I do think this is probably getting a little bit more attention because coming off the heels of Elden Ring and, and Miyazaki's name, probably eventually becoming kind of a household uh, uh, name when it comes to developers. Uh, I think uh, anything he does will, will garner some kind of um, attention. Now, I- I'll ask you, I want to turn the, uh, this over to you. Being that you're a PlayStation guy, you know, grew up with it, all that. Did you ever play Armor Core? Is this, does this kind of have any nostal- nostalgia behind it? Are you excited for this? Talk to me. Nope. News item number four. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not one of the 27 people that played Armored Core. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I never actually played any of the games before, so I don't want to sit here and judge too much of it. It just uh, was never uh, a franchise that really appealed to me, but it definitely had a really, really strong little following um, and became one of those cult hits of, of the time. So... I think it's a bit weird, though. I won't lie. I I, I don't want to be a hater because I, a, a lot of my little niche games have been remade over the years, and I was a happy camper. So I don't want to poo-poo uh, this, this possibility if there are Armored Core fans out there. But I, not that I want like them to constantly be a Souls-like factory, but of all the things I want them to make, I don't know if I really see the value in coming back to Armored Core. Like, who? How demanding is that? audience yeah how big is that audience and how big is the demand is, what I'm, is what I'm curious about it died out because they they were like Been pumping dead. out those games like I was looking at the list of armor core games I was like god damn I thought there were like two of these games they're like 50 mm. it's like they just kept going so no man they were out here and it's like Vita I guess I just don't I, I don't know like what who this is really catering to and it, how that works in this era yeah, uh, it's it's just strange. Now I'm not again. I'm not gonna knock them for bringing it back. More power to them if that's the if that's what's really happening. But I would rather if I could choose, I'd rather them take on a new IP. And you know, it doesn't have to be a Souls like at all. It could be something totally different. But I, uh, it's just a weird thing to come back to. Unless it's a passion project. If it's a passion project, then hey, I think they've earned the right to 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 do yeah. that if that's what they want to do. And again, so. I think it, that's exactly what it might be. I it, it's it's. One of the first, I think it's the second ever series that they worked on. Uh, so I, I, I've I've seen people talk about the game in terms of like wanting to see another one. It hasn't been no, it hasn't been to the level of of you know Final Fantasy or any of the remakes, Resident no. Evil or anything like that. But I mean, I, I I just wonder what it is with the remake. I know there's five of them plus like three spinoffs. It's it's crazy out there, but. I just thought it was interesting yeah. because of everything that's happening with Elden Ring, Miyazaki being in the news, uh, talking about, um, you know, this game. Uh, it's just interesting. Oh, not this game. Again, this is all with a grain of salt, but it's pretty much, right. it's pretty certain it's going to be this. Now, let me ask you this, kind of aside to this, because it was part of, this, of, the, of the interview. Um, he said they're working on Elden Ring DLC. Are, what do you want to see in that? Because I'm... 
I'm I want to see more. Like I want to see like uh, all new storyline and things like that. So I hope that 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 that's fleshed out. I mean, I'd like a actual storyline. That'd be uh, nice for, <laughs> for Elden Ring. Not gonna happen. Yo, these articles have come out of like here's here's the story of Elden Ring. No, trust us. This is yeah. this is the story. I've read, and those. it's like the fact that they had to do that is just it's it's insane to me because I won't beat a dead horse here. But the story I thought was just gobbledygook. I've and read it made those. No sense. I read those, and I'm like, I still. And I'm like, is that like, what happened? Oh, <laughs> what the? But who? Is that the, the great and all, all these like weird names? The, the great Willow of Sorrow, and I, I don't even think that's a real thing. Yeah, I'm fuck just Willow, it up, but it's all that kind of terminology, yeah. and I'm like, I, I can't follow any of this. Yeah. So, um, but no, I mean, I would be, uh, of course, I'd be down to play DLC of Elden Ring, but um, I, I have to be a little bit on the like salty side because somewhere in that, I'd like for there to be more performance improvements to the game. Uh, the Xbox got a patch recently where the loading times are almost where the PS5 and PS4 version are at, um, which is really good for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I want to see more of that. Like we, we got to get the game kind of stabilized a bit better uh, before we start thinking about DLC. Um, but in a weird way, I also I also wish that they would just kind of hold out on the DLC stuff and just go right ahead and work on the next Elden Ring. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird to me like that. Like, I'm not a big DLC guy. I, I I play it for some games, like you know, Lost Judgment earlier this year and stuff like that. But I'm kind of one of those like when I beat it, I'm kind of mentally done with it. Yeah, and it's really hard for me to want to go back unless it's like a caliber of like The Witcher Three type of stuff Blood or Mass Wine. Effect does something. Yeah, like but that th- was then like I'll go back. Game, yeah, right, right. So it depends on the scope of this DLC. It depends on what they do with that, but um, obviously I'll do it. But if I had, if I could choose, if I could tell homeboy what to do, I'd be like, yeah, just make the performance better and get started on Elden Ring too, because I need that in, in my arteries. Yeah. And uh, honestly, just kind of knowing the way that these guys kind of operate me being a a fan of these games. I don't even think it'll be Elden Ring too. I think he'll go. He'll, as a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, he said his next game is something that, it's something in the vein that he's never done before, uh, like uh, setting wise. So I don't even think he's going for Elden. Ring. I, honestly, I don't think that's. A, I don't think it'd be smart to go for Elden Ring too. Elden Ring is 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 so great that I think if it stand on its let it stand on its own, because you know you, you then you'll have the question about Breath of the Wild too. Like, oh shit, is Breath of the Wild two going to be yeah. as good as one? They won't have that that conversation. I wonder if you'll if you'll do like the Final Fantasy and take back the open world and, and kind of do something a little more concentrated. So do you think this would be this could potentially be the only Elden Ring of the generation? Oh, for sure. I, I'm I'm pretty certain really? of that. I think eventually we might get more, uh, but I I think the the level of ambition that that was used here to create this game, I just feel sometimes Misaki wants to take a little break and do something different. You've seen it with, with Bloodborne and and the other games where he kind of takes it's still the same kind of game, but visually for him it's different enough to where it's it's like it's something he wants to work on so i think eventually we'll go back to elden ring i think we'll get a, a dark souls 4 eventually and but um I, I i think that yeah um it's gonna be something different uh, and i think the dlc is gonna hold us down a little bit for for elden ring content but eventually the next time we see elden ring or or dark souls 4 will be in the next generation of video games at least that's how i think it'll go down I'm going to make a lot of people mad when I say this, but um I would be I would be perfectly happy if 
if Miyazaki never made another Dark Souls or Bloodborne again? Hell no. I would be perfect. I would be. You know, I would be actually peachy. And I know Bloodborne fans want to yeah, strangulate about, me and choke, choke yeah. the life out of my body. Uh, yeah, I know. But I. I don't know. I think with Dark Souls, you gotta just let it go. I mean, no, at this man, point, I, you've got high fantasy game versus high fantasy game. It's a redundancy in your catalog now. Move on from Dark Souls. Thing, Stick to Elden Ring. I, I agree, but because these games are not story heavy. I think that it works for them where Elden Ring could be their open world, massive, you know, uh, kind of game. And the Dark Souls games, since they're not open world, they're like, they can they can fill that niche. Because honestly, Ooh. I love Elden Ring to death. It is my favorite from software uh, game. No doubt about it. However, you know, I I do like the 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 kind of like dungeon crawling going from one area to the other area of Dark Souls. I love Dark Souls three. It is fucking hmm. incredible for me into me. But I, I kind of miss that well, a little bit. The openness of of Elden Ring is really great. But I I relish the moments of going into those dungeons or those underground areas and just kind of living there a little bit because I, I like that. The open world is amazing and it's it's done so well and the explore the exploratory fa- uh, kind of as- uh, aspect of the game is is bar none, but I kind of miss being in the in the thing, you know, with the Dark Souls games. I think you're in the minority there, my boy. You I think you might be in the minority. I feel like I feel like for a lot of people once you go Elden Ring, there's no going back to the older stuff again. But it's the same again. conversation we had with, and, and and you might be right, but it's the same conversation we had with like Final Fantasy, where it's like Final Fantasy 15, then going non-open world. It's like if it, if it fits the story, I think it would work. But because I, I think like a Bloodborne or a a a Dark Souls in the open world just wouldn't really work as well. I, I think that's why he made Elden Ring, you know. Um, but maybe we'll get the other one. What's the other uh, Ninja one? Uh, Shadows Die Twice. Oh, Sekiro? Yeah. Yeah, maybe another Ugh, one of those. I mean, I, I, I particularly wasn't really a huge fan of that that game, uh, but, you know, uh, maybe he he, he he wants to work on another one of those. I, I think there's room for Dark Souls and Elden Ring, uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what yeah. happens there. I would take a new Bloodborne if I had to pick, because the, the style is different enough than, than Elden Ring to justify it, but you could leave uh, Dark Souls to the the grave uh, and i'm good yeah yeah um so last news item a 20 minute nintendo direct for xenoblade Pro- uh, chronicles 3 took place this past wednesday the presentation gave us an in-depth overview of the game's story characters combat systems classes and open world environments they covered a lot of ground pablo so we saw a lot of lot of really interesting stuff in this 20-minute presentation. Overall, though, what would you say your thoughts are about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 now that you've seen it? And how's it shaping up in your mind? And then let's give some open credit predictions to this thing. Oh, let's do it. I, I, I think it's... I'm going to say that it is a little bit overwhelming at first, seeing all the systems in play yeah. here uh, for a person who is not exactly a Xenoblade Chronicles uh, fan seeing everything I play is overwhelming, but also like super interesting because the game looks great. Uh, the, the the storytelling aspect, the the little story tidbits that they had that they they, they kind of tease are super interesting. Uh, you know, it, it it just everything looks quality. You know, and when it comes to JRPGs, 
I love a JRPG that really puts like AAA into it because when you get uh, other JRPGs that don't have that AAA backing, you see where all the cuts are, and it becomes unfortunately you start comparing this one to that one, and and when you you got games like Persona Five, really they really put time and money and effort into that. When you see something like that, Xenoblade Chronicles definitely three looks like it could be one of those JRPGs with a lot of money behind it, and it looks great and. I this series is unapologetic. They're not compromising. They're, a part of me thought, okay, we're gonna see. I was very focused about seeing the battle uh, system because I thought a part of me thought part three. I think about like Witcher three. I think about these games that kind of <laughs> brought people in, you know, by by simplifying certain aspects of it. And I thought maybe they'll go action uh, heavy here, like actual you know p- press of buttons actually dictate action right uh but no they they stuck their guns and, and double triple down with like uh oh, yeah. other systems implemented within that system and 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 combining <laughs> th- combining two characters i was told i was saying marco combining two characters to make one to make two because now you can each of those combined <laughs> characters have different kind of things to do depending on who's leading it a lot of complexity into it and i, and I like it I, I think that maybe that's gonna eventually when reviews come out gonna push me away from the game but i'm glad that there is a series like this that 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 uh that is exists and, and 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 super fans of it can can enjoy it but we'll see how i feel about it when it comes out and whether or not i'll give it a, a go i know soul hackers is right there as well uh, a couple weeks after this so what do you think um because i know you're a big xenoblade chronicle fan yeah man um for me it has been um pretty awesome to see how this game has has just managed to in so many words become kind of the culmination of everything that they've done with one two and the chronicles cross game that was on wii u um i really appreciate the fact that they have take uh, they've taken all those lessons learned and they've made what looks to be at least um their most refined and, and best realized uh version of of their formula yet um, but in saying that, this game is massive, bro. And um, a few episodes ago, I was playing the uh, the first game again to just kind of get reacquainted with the you know the ebb and flow of the game. And something I said in that episode that I will triple down on now is this is not the game you can juggle with three other games. It's not. It's not that game. Uh, there are so many systems and mechanics and and managerial work to do with your party and their moves and skill set, uh, and 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 all the relationships you have with each character and the you know the the six degrees of separation looking chart <laughs> with all the NPCs in the game. There is yeah, so much. There's so much in this game, uh, in this series, really, and this game is no different. Um, Almost to a fault. Uh, I think it looks very busy. I think some of, you know, when you look at the combat, the combat looks like a great time. There's a lot of stuff going on. But the problem is, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, the, the the HUD is is everything. It's it's all the things yeah. on screen. All the moves, all the buttons, all the move names, everything. on Your party's names on this side, that side. It is so cluttered because there's so many things happening at the same time that I think in a way they one thing I will fault the series for is they've never figured out how to not be overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. as an RPG. And so I think if you're new to the series, if you try 3 as your first go at it, 
this might be a lot for you. Um, but the good news is Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2 hold up incredibly well. Um, the first one was obviously remade not too long ago. Uh, and I think those would be great entry points for you if you're interested in the series. Uh, but 3 looks like it is, you know, it is work in the best way possible. I, I wonder, even me saying that about like 3... Um, not being specifically friendly to new players, I wonder if a lot of those systems will be systems that you can use to your advantage, but not necessarily necessary. Uh, Or I wonder if there's Mm. some kind of easy mode where, yeah, you can do all those cool things if you want to, but you don't actually have to. Um, And I think that would, that would be an interesting way to, to kind of, uh, you know, a mode or a easy or meet, you know, or actually pick your, your kind of like um, difficulty level. Uh, that would be interesting to that because there, there's, so, there just looks like so many cool things story-wise that, that this game has to offer. And it would kind of be a bummer for me not to play it because I know that I'm not going to be able to put in 50 plus hours, 60, 75 plus hours in this game. And then on top of that, really have to stick to it because there's so many systems that play that, if I don't play it for a day or two, then I'll be like, okay, what does this do again? And and, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and look, and yeah. I think I think if the game grabs you, it grabs you. I mean, most of the games that really grab me uh, are are games that I, I only play those games. I know life those games, you know. Uh, so that right. that could happen with Xenoblade Chronicles, but I you know I just wonder if if they're doing things to to kind of offset that, which I doubt because the the, the, the series has never done that. But I, regardless. It looks great. It looks great. Yeah. Nintendo's on a roll. Nintendo has another what looks like to be an amazing exclusive for Nintendo. I mean, yeah, it, making the Switch uh, a must-have, really, at this point. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it it's a compelling case. Yeah. Uh, so let's wrap this up by giving uh, some open critic predictions for this hoe, man. Uh, give me give me a number. What do you got? Yeah, I I think um, based on everything I saw. I think it's like a solid 85. Um, mm. Just one of those games where uh, I think people will praise it for its story, maybe kind of fault it a little bit for its its complexities or it being overtly complex and, and, and maybe some performance stuff here and there with the Switch being what the Switch is. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it's higher than this, but for me, uh, I think this is a solid 85, which is in okay. 2022, it might as well be a 99. <laughs> you're yeah. not lying um i'm gonna go two points higher than you i'm gonna say 87 um i think that this is going to be one of the better uh games of the year uh but i think it's i think 87 is kind of where i see it fitting in because of some of the bloated nature of the game i think we'll kind of bog it down a little bit for some reviewers but i do think that in terms of the story the uh the combat the premise which we didn't get into the story too much in this in this uh walkthrough but i thought the 10-year lifespan thing was yeah. really fire super dope, um, super but dope. I, I'm, I'm really excited to see how they pull all that off i think it's going to go over very well um there might be some weird little performance issues because switch is switch um but i think overall people are going to really love this game it's going to be considered maybe the best rpg of the year um and i think 87 is where this is one uh, is going to end up landing so uh we'll see uh if if uh, i'm right on this one and uh normally i am not because i think you're still kind of winning in the uh open critic prediction thing not by much though no actually. not by much at all 
yeah. yeah we both got one on uh, like the, we, we both got one like on the dot i got pokemon legends arceus right yeah and you got wwe 2k22 i, I don't even think that should count i had elden ring <laughs> for like the longest on the dot but then some fucker decided to Whew. be like i hate this game because people love it and then went down the point yeah so. i talked to him i asked him to do it and he was like yeah uh, so <laughs> i've never been me. so happy to, i've never been so happy to knock down a number uh, in all my life <laughs> yeah all right. Well, uh, hopefully uh, this show was a 95 uh, in, in the hearts of you listeners. We hope you enjoyed it, despite the bad voice acting. Um, thanks for tuning in, though. We appreciate you. Uh, if you are with us uh, in, in terms of subscribing, thank you. If you're not subscribed to us, do that. Because yeah. we're going to be back again on Thursday for our Checkpoint episode, and we don't want you to miss it. So be sure to uh, sub up to get notified on when that drops. Uh, But in the meantime, that's going to do it for me and Pablo here uh, for this episode. We'll see you in a couple more days. You're welcome. And we'll catch you later. Make me feel good.